Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I have to say to you that where I am at the moment, I am feeling extremely cold. Uh, my listeners, uh, welcome to the next episode of If Comedians Rule the World. And I have a very special guest, a very special guest. I say special guest because uh, I met Tom Mayu many, many, many years ago. We're talking, he will correct me, probably about uh, 2015, if not 2014 or 2013. But I know I met uh, Tom in the comedy circuit. He's a comedian. He used to be my butler. He played the part of my butler under the show President Obonjo stole my identity. And what is really interesting is it, <laughs> the way we came up with it, I just invited. I don't tell anyone, this is state secret. This feels like, you know, we can release this now after 40 years. <laughs> I'm laughing because it's just so funny because we fooled everybody. Uh, Tom appeared in my show um, and he did extremely well. He opened 15 minutes, got a very great review. The reviewer thought he was part of the show. <laughs> and he was part of the show and he did extremely well. He has a Radio 4 show coming up soon. He's a comedian that I respect very much. And as like I said, I have comedians who come onto the podcast to talk to me about various subjects. I've also extended it to other people who love talking about politics. Um, so Tom is here with us uh, with his busy schedule and he's given me the opportunity to come and talk to him. And uh, we're gonna hear lots of things that he wants to talk about. I'm not gonna tell you what he's gonna talk about, uh, but I have demanded that he talks about it because you know how we do it as, a, as dictators. Uh, but I hope you are all well. I have to start by also saying thank all my listeners for downloading my podcast. This has not been an easy task because I'm doing this all on my own, not because people don't want to work with me. It's just because I've fired, I've fired all of them. You know, my producer, my press secretary, they are just too slow. I, you know, they suggested that I should uh, slow the amount of episodes that I'm doing, but I'm just churning them out like shooting jokes. <laughs> so that's what I'm doing. Um, but I have Tom Mayu, uh, he's a comic. And like I said, I have known him for quite a while and uh, he's doing very well, he's definitely doing, was doing very well. Played at Soho Theatre last year, I think. Um, last year, I think, what he will tell you. Um, and he's doing extremely well. He's got a, show, a Radio 4 show coming up soon and uh, I'm looking forward to it. So with no further ado, I would like to introduce you to my former butler, who's now a comedian, Tom Mayu. Hello, Mr. President, how are you doing today? Tom, it's lovely to see you. Uh, it's been a while. How have you been? How have you been coping? I've been, I've been all right. Yeah, I've been okay. I've, I've missed your face, mate. I've missed you. And same here. Same here. I was. What, this is one of many reasons why I have um, created this podcast. I don't know about you, but I am so not in touch with what's happening in the industry anymore. I just feel it's just gone really quiet. I know that geeks are picking up but I have no market intelligence anymore on what's happening. At least before the pandemic, we used to see each other at gigs. We used to share stories. We, you know, it's just, it's just got, but look, this is the good thing about the pandemic as far as I'm concerned. It's unfortunate 
that people have lost lives is that for those of us who are still alive, we've gained new skills. We've had to gain new ways of being innovative. I'm on TikTok, just like you. And uh, I've started podcasting. If you had said to me a year ago, where will I have the time to podcast? I'd say, no, oh, no, nah, I'm not doing any podcasting. I shied away from it, but I have had no choice. Um, so, but you're, you're looking well. Where are you? Are you, are you in a five-star hotel or where are you? No, mate. This is, this is my bedroom. This, isn't, this is not a five-star hotel on the train. <laughs> well, the cottons look like a five-star hotel. <laughs> I probably stole them from a hotel, let's yeah. be honest. <laughs> so you're well, though. You're, you're, you're good? I'm not too bad, man. I'm not too bad. I, and I've, I've watched a few of your episodes and you've always complained that people haven't had your poster on the, on the, on the wall, which I haven't either. But I've, I've got the next best thing, which is... Um, the, the present of Bonjo DVD. Oh, thank you. Thank you. You were one of those who, who, who yeah, look, you know, um, please don't it remind me. The, it would make the, uh, the perfect Christmas gift for people. If not, if you're a member of the Laughter Republic and you've not, you've not, don't know what to get someone, it's the perfect Christmas gift, I believe. Thank you very much. Thank you. That is, um, that's such a very lovely gesture. And you just reminded me I used to do comedy, you know, now I run a country. <laughs> <laughs> but that's well, how no, I do feel like speaking to comedians, it does kind of remind you like, yeah, I used to do that because I was speaking to another comedian on a podcast the other day and they were like, yeah, I think your, your comedy is, you know, really good and and <laughs> really um, interesting. And I was like, oh, thank you so much. I'd, I'd forgotten all of it. I'd completely forgotten what it felt like to get a compliment for, for doing comedy. And I was like, oh, thank you so much. Well, I, I, I had the, I, I would call it luxury now rather than, yeah, I call it luxury. I, uh, I performed on Saturday at uh, Monkey Business Comedy Club. And it was such a very emotional thing. You know, I'm not supposed to be doing emotions as a dictator, but I felt so moved by 15 people coming to watch me close the show. And at the end of it, I just said, I don't know when I'm going to see you guys again, but I'm feeling quite emotional. So I'm going to have to leave the stage. And you won't believe it. They all felt emotional, including all the performers. It was like such a very magical moment. And it feels that at times we've taken for granted what it's like to be on stage. You know, all those times that we were traveling all over the place and gigging all over the place, you know, we just, but it's, it's what it is, um, Tom. So the title of my podcast is called If Comedians Rule the World. And what I like for my guests to do is to, um, focus on a particular subject that they would like to discuss. And uh, I think I know uh, what you are going to say or what you want to talk about, but we will pretend as if I actually asked you to talk about that subject because you, <laughs> you had no choice when to talk about the subject. So what would you like to talk about today? Uh, I want to talk about the idea of like a, a universal basic income for, for everyone. Because okay. that, that's, I mean, that's basically the, the basic idea is that every person in the country would get given a, a set amount, whether it was £500 or £1,000. And it just means, you know, regardless of whether you're unemployed or whether you're a banker, you'd get that little money. And it just means people can still afford to live, basically. And I think, I think we should do that because everyone says we're a very rich country, so I don't know why we can't afford it. You know what's really interesting is Britain, as I understand it, is the sixth richest country in the world. And apparently, apparently and 
I have to at times remind myself that we're not in a socialist government, that we are actually in a Tory government. I have been amazed by the amount of money that has been uh, spent to help people follow and so on and so on. Millions of millions of pounds. Mm. Why universal income? Because my school of thought is that, you know, why should your government help you? Well, I suppose because um, we are in a, a current situation where that is the only option for a lot of people. Mm. If you, you, you know, it's, it's okay saying to people, you should go out and you should get a job. But at the moment, lots of people don't have their jobs, whether they're comedians, whether they're people who work in the theatre, whether they're people who work in bars, whether they're people who, you know, work in all sorts of music industries or, or all sorts of hospitality, whether you own a restaurant, whether you're a waiter, whether all of these people, they could go out and get a job before. Whereas now that all the jobs are, they're gone. They're gone at the moment. So mm. it's it just feels like, even if it was a, a short term thing for six months or a year, it it just feels like the decent thing to do just for the sake of people's mental health. So they're not worrying about money at, on top of everything else. But, but some people will argue that the government has done what they've done in terms of responding to the pandemic. They, they gave, they had to follow, they, they gave people, they helped businesses, small businesses. Isn't that enough? No, because they only paid a, a certain percent of furlough and a load of people have been made redundant off the back of that. And because, um, you know, all the, all the things they do, there's always the small print. They always do the big print where they go, oh, we're going to help all the self-employed people. But then the small print is, but only if you've been working for the past three years and only if you earn over this amount and only if you you do x y or z so it, it kind of they, they have they basically do the bare minimum to make it look like they're being the good guys but then secretly that they're shafting loads of people what about so because i i i as you know i have had it's a bit disappointing because i thought i would be in power by now running britain don't you think you should be. I, I voted for you in the last election. I wrote President Abronjo on it. Yeah, well, you're only just telling me now, uh, a couple <laughs> of years later. But on a serious note, don't you think, rather than rely on the government to give you money, that actually the government to, should uh, increase taxes of the rich? Because the rich, they, they, if you think about the number of billionaires in this country, you know, when, even when they're talking about Brexit and how much the government has to pay on Brexit, surely some billionaires should be able to just pay that off. Uh, you know, all these rich people and all these rich people should be able to help with the universal income. Yeah, they should. They, 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 they should be part of it. They should tax them more and then put that into universal income. Yeah. Because. So why are they not doing that? Because they're mates with them, probably. I, I guess they're all probably hanging out when they don't want to screw their mates over. Um, I mean, I don't know, because you are one of the 1%, I presume, as a president. So how would you feel about being taxed more to, to help your citizens? I'm not. I, I have to keep reminding people that I am just a fictional president, a spoof dictator. What? Uh, yeah, I just, I have no power whatsoever. Yes, I'm not part of the 1%. I, I, I'm not. It's hard you know, to believe that with those Yeah, I know it is hard to believe. And I, I get this question a lot. It's as if I have created something that is 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 so real to people, you know. And I, I know, I know when I used to gig 
when I used to perform, the people looked at me and said, wow, this man, want, I can't wait for him to be in power and, and mm -hmm. to introduce um, universal <laughs> income. Um, yeah. But so you're saying that your idea is that the government should pay people. And would that include rich people or just poor people? Yeah, everyone make it a blanket thing. So then rich people can't complain that they're not getting it. Just make it a blanket thing. Just, you know, a certain amount a month. So people can not have to worry about paying their bills and affording food. Like it's, it's mad that we're the sixth richest country or economy in the world. And then food bank use is going up and up and up. Yeah. Whereas the rich people at the top, their wealth's going up and up and up. And that, yeah. that makes absolutely no sense to me. But is it is it is it is it about the government or it's more about yes it does not make sense you know you got poor people who are getting poorer and you got rich people who are getting richer wouldn't you say that is down to capitalism that is down to almost almost down to democracy that you need an alternative form of 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 of, of running the economy because the current system is broken because why would why why would you have a country that is so rich, you know, have food banks. Why would you have a country that is so rich? That last night when I was coming from London, I saw homeless people in England. I can't, you know, I, I get I get agitated when I see these things. And then we have the likes of Bojo and his team, you know, earning lots of there's something not right. Something is not right. And I kind of think that is down to government. I think that is down to the system that you have in Britain, the, the, the way you run your country. You know, you talk about mates. I'm surprised you're telling me that mates, that are you, can you confirm that, that the mates, that it's because they have mates, that's why they will not tax, tax well, the yeah, rich. If, if, you, if you look at the people who are the, the biggest donors to the Conservative Party and the type of people that Boris Johnson goes to parties with, they, they tend to be people who are those billionaires. You know, it, it's not a coincidence that the Tory party will give a contract to a certain company I and then that. a month later, that company will make a 500 grand donation to the party. That's not coincidence. That's not just, oh, well, that's just happened. It, I've, it's, I've heard that. And if that happened in my country or happened in Africa, they will call that corruption. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, yeah they, you, and, yeah, yeah that, that, that surprises me. So this is what I'm saying. In, in order for you to get into power, you have to have donors. Your you're donors, yeah, you're, you're you're, yeah, yeah, and your donors have to have to sponsor your campaign so that when yeah. you get in that's so that is that democracy is a virus. It is it does not work because it's a corrupt system. Yeah. But um, I mean, I, I tried, I, you know, I, I, I bought your DVD. I thought that would be enough. I thought that would put you in power and it's not worked. No, it hasn't worked because I haven't, uh, people have not paid their taxes for, <laughs> <laughs> for the DVD. But I, what I'm trying to get from you, Tom, is you've said universal income, which I very much like. And, and uh, but there has to be another way around that because it's wider than just universal income. It's, it's, mm -hmm. it's more about how, do you think democracy works in this country? No. What would be the alternative? 
Well, democracy as a core idea would work if there was a level playing field and if there was fair coverage of all the candidates and if all the mainstream media was truthful and honest, but it's not. It's It always twists things, like both sides twist things on certain side and then you have a heavily biased right-wing media who are very anti anything the left do and if the right did the same thing, they'd go, aren't these people great? And that makes people... You know, all the disinformation and stuff around the the uh, previous elections we've seen from both sides of the pond, from England and from America. Like I saw American people who were going on about how they thought Joe Biden was a socialist, which he's, he's not. He'd be like a centrist here. He's nowhere near far left. But they've been so brainwashed by their media that they thought he was a socialist and they thought Barack Obama was a Muslim. It's it's crazy. Yeah, I, I know. But that's that's because you've got freedom of speech. That's because you can you can say things about these politicians, you can abuse them, you can criticize them. Can you imagine if you had no freedom of speech? You just, you know, you curtail the information. That's my view. That that's just, I know it's not a very popular view, but that is my view. When you give people too much uh, power to be able to share information, that's what happens. It creates misinformation. Okay, so what's gonna I I believe. I've heard I've heard rumors that 2021, because of Brexit, we're finally going to see the uh, the last republic takeover of the United Kingdom. I've heard these rumors. So, how would you change the system when you are prime minister next year? Well, there won't be any election. That's first, and no, I, I will, and, and I won't be calling myself prime minister. I'll be calling myself what? president. Oh, okay. So Britain will become a republic. It's as simple as that. And that you can let your imagination run wild what happens to the royal family. But that is what I will do. It will become a republic. Mm -hmm. And you know, all the things that you guys have been complaining about, uh, where you complain about Boris Johnson being a dictator, you will actually get the full force of dictatorship in the United Kingdom. You will you will get, you know, we're talking about vaccines at the moment and you guys, almost as if you guys are debating and you probably will put it to vote whether you should be vaccinated or not. Oh, don't put it to a vote. No, I'm just saying I won't put it to a vote. I will make sure Good. everyone is vaccinated. That it's, not up for, it's not up for discussion, including the conspiracy theorists, every single one of them. In short, when we're talking about priorities, because mm -hmm. the British priority at the moment is do the elderly. I will do the conspiracy theories first. Fascinate them. <laughs> okay. Fascinate them first. That would be the first thing I will do when I get into power. I never thought I'd be looking forward to having a dictator before, but here I am. I'm looking forward to it. And I'm looking forward to, 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 to appointing you, Tom. I will just put you in charge of the universal income, whatever you call it. You just take charge. I think it's the Department of Welfare Benefits, whatever it's called. We need to just yeah, DWP. I'll take charge. Yeah, just take take charge. And I will, you know, I yeah, Britain will be different. Just the fact that I am in charge will be it will be a breath of fresh air because you Britain has never ever had a military person in power. Uh, they oh, no, never, never. There was a rumor. There was a rumor that if Jeremy Corbyn became prime minister, there'll be a military coup. So maybe that would have happened. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, maybe I don't that know. Would be, that would be exciting, wouldn't it? Yeah, that would be exciting. But uh, are you ready for military coups in England? 
I think we are. I think we've we've uh, we've had enough of this this normal situation that's going on. We've had so many elections. I think it's about time we had a uh, dictatorship. Yeah, yeah. Britain no longer needs a general election. It just needs a general like me. That's that's what it needs. Doesn't need. That's a good slogan. That's a really good slogan. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I know. I I wrote that a few weeks ago, and it worked. <laughs> Get those posters all over the underground. Yeah, show. on the underground. I, I, when is the next general election? Do you know? Uh, well, there's not going to be one because you'll be a dictator. You're going to cancel them, I believe. But uh, you are you really serious? Are you really serious about this? That you want me to run? Yes, I do. Uh, okay. So how would you? So if you were me, and oh, you were the, <laughs> if you were a dictator, mm -hmm. right? performing comedy and there's no longer comedy and you're interested in power, how would you get into power without running for office, without contesting? I would... I imagine uh, you should go to the the Kingping, the guy behind Boris. You should find Dominic Cummins because he's now unemployed and you should hire him. You should, you should say like, look, this guy is messing it up. He's doing a really bad job. I'm going to hire you to get me in. And he he knows some secrets. He knows something because he's been around there for so long. So if you hired Cummins and said, look, you work for me now, and he'd be terrified. He'd be so scared of you. You know, he'd be trying to check his eyesight and he'd be terrified. So if you hire him and he'd get you straight in down the street and then... Um, I'm sure you can like get Boris drunk and he'll sign over the pres the uh, presidency as it will then be called. I'm sure there'll be a way. Well, what about what do I do about the Queen? And you know, I know what I will do with Prince Andrew, but what do I do with Philip and 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 the Queen? Do I let them remain in power for a few months so you don't change it all immediately? For a few months, you leave them there so there's a bit of calm and a bit of normality. Maybe I can appease the royalists by. Replacing them with Meghan and Harry. Yeah, they love and, that. Yeah, they yeah, love that, like, don't they? they? Really like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So or you maybe. want me to run? Maybe you should be my campaign manager. Maybe right. on a serious note, that's what we should do. Next election, Tom Mayo. We'll do how this. Will, how how would that affect your Radio Four um, show? Talk to me about your comedy career right now, um, in terms of the future. Um, well, I've got the Radio Four show coming up. Um, okay. which will, you know probably my my final big engagement before we step up the election plans i believe um yeah, yeah. so, so what is your show about are you are you at liberty to say uh well it's based off my Edinburgh show last year oh, okay so taking material from that and adapting it for a, a radio format but uh we've not we've not recorded it yet or finished uh planning so it could it could change in the next few months i don't i don't really know it depends what happens Tell us about, tell my listeners about your, your because your Edinburgh show went very well. Tell us, tell us about your show. Oh, well, I mean, my show was about uh, being on benefits, basically, after I left school and couldn't find a job, which is probably why I think there should be universal basic income, because the current system is very cruel and unfair and makes people really bad on their mental health and makes people feel rubbish. So it'd be quite good to have a nicer system that, gives you a cup of tea and goes here you go look after yourself like how lovely would that be if you went to a meeting with a government person and they instead of like testing whether you're ill or whatever they just give you a cup of tea ask if you're right and then say good luck that would be lovely yeah i know i know you know i had a dream 
that I uh, and it's, right, it's, Martin Luther. <laughs> I had a dream, and I, I don't mind sharing it with you. It's a dream where, for one reason or the other, I got exiled to come to the UK, and when I arrived in the UK, I tried to find a job. I couldn't get a job, so I had to go to the uh, what's it called, the uh, unemployment yeah. office. And uh, the guy was recommending that there were no jobs suitable for me and that perhaps I need to go back to university. Mm. Can you imagine an African dictator going back to university? Oh, I'd love to see you on Freshers Week. That would be hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I would pay good money to see that. How would that work? Me coming into... <laughs> and which university would you consider that I, you know, because it was such a weird dream. I just oh, dreamt. You have to go, you have to go Oxford or Cambridge. You have to go to one of them. Uh, Oxford or Cambridge? Yeah. yeah okay. well, I mean, you're military, so they'll, they'll probably give you a place. Yeah. And what, what, what would you recommend I study? Politics? Um, maybe that, like, yeah, like the history of politics and the history of military takeovers to sort of see what you can learn and what you can put in place. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, but, but yeah, when you say what I can learn, I've learned quite a lot of military takeover. I've fought, taking governments over and succeeded in making sure people don't take me over. But yeah, I can understand the bits of history of politics because uh, yeah, that would be nice. Because a lot of these, because uh, I've heard that these people who run your country go to eating. Mm -hmm. uh, so maybe I could go into going to Eton University. Is it Eton? Is it? Oh, no, Eton. The Eton's the private school before university. So you'd. Oh no. Okay. Sorry. I'll be too. You're doing your GCSEs again. <laughs> I would love to see that. That would be hilarious. <laughs> so maybe maybe we have a sitcom that we can work together on. Oh, we do. We we do have a sitcom. This is going to happen. <laughs> I've always thought someone should just commission you to go around as a president, just kind of like a Borat figure, just, just, but you know, being a real president and they would believe you were one because people are silly yeah. and you just make them look ridiculous and it'd be hilarious. Well, I, think. I know, I know, I know. And maybe you and I need to talk about that more um, because it's happened. I remember when I got involved in the Leicester Comedy Festival and they rented a, a hired a, a limousine and I was waving to the people in Leicester and they, they said, oh, there's an African president around this African. So they do believe, they do, they do believe me. And even on TikTok as well, there's been, there's been, yeah, it's gone viral on TikTok. Uh, even the last, uh, my second to last guest was a TikTok fan who wanted to talk to me about politics in Nigeria. It was just unbelievable. Yeah, um, you've got, you've got 15 year old fans. How strange is that? <laughs> It is really, really strange. It, People that age should be into like Justin Bieber and Little Mix, but no, they're into President Abonjo nowadays. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I, it's as if you you saw, it's as if you had you 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 were at my uh, my last performance on Saturday. I spoke about TikTok and how I had all these fans, and I've now discovered there's a new. Uh, they call them gener Generation Z, Gen Z. That's what they're called. This is the. The young yeah. people, yeah, exactly. They 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 have a name for for their age range. So there's Generation Z, and apparently they are the ones who uh, are they like after millennials? Is that what that is? Yeah, yeah, that's after the millennials. Yeah, that's who that's who they are. So yeah, it's just crazy. It's just crazy. Look, um, 
Tom, so what are your plans for the future apart from, have you been, what, what have you, you haven't really said much about what you've been doing during the lockdown. Have you been doing writing or podcasting or what? Uh, yeah, I, I think like a lot of people, I've been doing little bits and bobs here and there, like the odd bit of writing, the odd mm. bit of, uh, you know, uh, planning new things that hopefully next year will, will come to be something and sort of uh, doing a few little podcasts here and there, making a few YouTube videos on my channel, stuff like that. But nothing, uh, Major. So you haven't you haven't done any gigs? I've done a few. I've done a, a few. I did a few before lockdown too. Okay. But I've not been back since because that only ended a few days ago, didn't it? So I've yeah. not done any back since. And I don't again, I don't know who's booking gigs at the moment. I find it very hard to, to find them because there's so <laughs> there's so few gigs and so few spots that like literally even though I'm like, oh I've got a Radio 4 show, I'm still like, how can I get a gig? Which seems bad, but that, the industry is just kind of falling well, apart. So you can you can imagine how I I, I call the industry like uh, like America invading Libya, you know, and just destroying it completely. So you can imagine how I feel. Eleven years performing comedy, mm. and I just feel left out. That that's generally how I feel. But I I, I need I need to continue uh, to do what I normally would do anyway. Um, but I know there are gigs. There are gigs happening at the moment. People are performing. Uh, people are freezing themselves to death to, to, to perform, you know, out there in the cold. Mm. But um, I think the people who are getting gigs are the ones who have agents or who are playing, who are playing regularly at a number of all these established clubs. Um, mm. But I don't know what the percentage is, but it feels very, it feels like a stock market crash. So all these yeah, bigger, yeah, yeah. all these bigger acts are now doing gigs that they would normally not have done. So mm. everybody has gone back to the falling to the pecking order. But it is what yeah. it is, my my friend. You know, if there's anything I would uh, leave you with, is the fact that if you're a good comic and a good performer, it doesn't matter how long you haven't gigged. And I say this because of my experience on Saturday. It felt like. It didn't feel strange. It just felt like, oh, this is where I actually belong. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah, it, it was just a very lovely feeling. It was just, it was just like, it was like, yes, book me. And if you don't book me, I should just relax and wait till the next gig. <laughs> because for you and I, we've been doing this for a while now. We shouldn't be worrying yeah. about, we know what we're doing. It's, this yeah. is no longer about proving whether we're funny or not. We've gone past that. Hmm. Yeah. So how is where you live at the moment? I don't want you to reveal, but I know where you live, but how, what's it like there? What's it, is it, is it, um, what, what's, what is it, uh, is it lockdown? So I know for a fact that after the... Oh, tier two, I think we're at tier two at the moment. We're tier two. Okay. So why can't you run a gig there then? Oh, I mean, I, mm, I could, but... I mean, I don't know which pubs are open properly. Like a few pubs in town, they're kind of open just for takeaway. So they're not putting on shows at the moment. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. So I wouldn't know where I could, the only way I could run it was if I found some sort of hall and rented that out. Mm -hmm. And then, but then I'm just worried about whether people will come out. Because what, I, what I do know is when I, the, the, when I did the one on Saturday, it wasn't at full capacity. There were only about 15 people. 
Mm. Uh, but it was it was 15 people, but 15 people who wanted to enjoy watching comics. Um, so I think people there are people who are still scared about about um, coming out. Fifteen um, is not many. That's 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 335 less than what you usually play to, isn't well, it? Look, I told you there's a stock market crash, so <laughs> <laughs> so it's like losing your money. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was it was it was a. Uh, it was nice, uh, but Tom, it's been good um, talking to you. So uh, what we've been able to establish from this podcast is that you want me to seriously consider running for office. Yes, please. You, you want to implement universal income. And mm -hmm. uh, you haven't really, gone, well, you have said democracy works for maybe the wrong people. I was hoping that you would say that maybe Britain needs, you know, stronger and stable dictatorship, but you haven't said that, but it's okay. Oh, it does. Britain needs strong and stable dictatorship. Well, some, people, some people will argue that you already have dictatorship right now. This is well, what we, frustrates me. No, but it's not strong or stable. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> cool. That's a good joke. Cool. Um, yeah, so I hope, I hope, are you in touch with any, I remember we used to run, you used to run these comedy nights, very nice comedy nights. What happened to that couple? There's a couple who... Oh, Sue and Leslie. Yeah, sorry? Sue and Leslie, they were called. Yeah, yeah, Sue and Leslie. Sorry, my name, I can't remember their names. They sent uh, me a Christmas card just this morning. Oh, wow. Yeah, so. Wow, okay. So, oh, wow. They never sent me a Christmas card. Maybe when they see this, they'll send yeah. me one. Yeah, <laughs> share it. But we had, we had such lovely gigs. It was just so easy to just arrange a gig and, and uh, oh, well. Well, I may, maybe it'll come back next year. Who knows? Well, do you think Edinburgh will happen next year? No. Or if it does, it'll be much smaller. I don't think it'll be the same as it was, you know, previously. I think it'll take at least till like 2022 to... So you reckon back. there will probably be a smaller, a smaller gig, a smaller festival, maybe the big four, maybe the paid, mm. the paid places, the higher comics? Yeah, well, I, I just worry how they would make a lot of the small spaces safe. Yeah. Because they're yeah. so cramped together. They're not designed to have... No, they, 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 those, those, those places are designed for COVID. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, There's no social distancing there in any no. shape or form. But, uh, yeah, it's... Uh, Who knows? Um, maybe the vaccine will be everywhere in three months. I guess we don't actually know, but... So, are you taking the vaccine? Yeah. Why? Because it'll protect me from getting ill. So you don't believe all these conspiracy theories that it has DNA, it's going to track you and turn you into a zombie? And <laughs> No, why would anyone believe that? Like, if they wanted to do that, they would have done that with the flu jab anyway already. Why would they suddenly do it now? So let's talk about, if you still have time, let's talk about, because this is what I don't seem to understand. This is one of the reasons why I said, Democracy does not work because it allows people to, you know, pass false information freely and people believe. Why do we have so many conspiracy theorists? Mm, I think I'm not, I imagine it's it's because there's a, a lot of very convincing misinformation on the internet. Exactly. Because it's easy for people to go, 
oh, these people are just stupid. It's like, no, they're not stupid. It's just, it's, it's very convincing the information that they are shown. And that's why it tricks people because yeah. at first when you read it, you know, if me or you read it 15 years ago, we might go, oh, of course that's, that seems legit. But it's mm. only after learning about disinformation and learning about things like, you know, propaganda and learning about how people twist things that you actually question it and go, no, that's, that's nonsense. That doesn't make any sense at all. Why would they do that? Cause they would, they could have done it already if they wanted to, they wouldn't have, they didn't need to engineer this situation. I don't know why people suddenly think they would have done it. It's, it's madness. Cause it's not like the COVID vaccine is going to go to everyone it's still going to be the exact same people the people who get the flu jab who'll get it it's not everyone so it's not to control everyone it's oh it's nonsense absolute nonsense so and they'll be the first people i tell you to put in prison when you're in charge <laughs> well not only are we going to vaccinate the conspiracy theorists we're going to put them in prison <laughs> just, just to give them a few like lessons about you know but what's really interesting, why is it, this is the other thing, I don't know if you've been following what's been happening, but there are some of our colleagues as well who have become conspiracy theorists. Yeah. Why? I mean, some of them probably already were. Um, I, find, I find that phenomenal. Just, you know, there are some people who actually believe that, yeah, the vaccine in terms of the DNA, there's some people who actually believe that Donald Trump didn't lose the election, that he actually won. Mm -hmm. You know, the... Just, just it, it, when I read the stuff I read, I just, I just find it so ridiculous that people are not using their logical reasoning. They're just, they, I don't know. That some people don't have logical reasoning. That's, that's the problem. Yeah. You're, you're, you know, some people don't have that. And it's not just, you know, it's not just conspiracy theories. There's, there's aspects of religion where people don't use their logical brain because they mm. leave it to belief or they leave it to, a vision or whatever you know there's all mm. sorts of it's not just this where people don't logically look into something but yeah. um this seems very prominent at the moment probably because it's a very i guess that's it there's more conspiracy theorists because it's a very insecure time so people are more vulnerable so it's easier to mislead them i think that would be like why there's more Mm -hmm. They need strong and stable dictatorship in charge. We know this is what we need. It's not just strong and stable dictatorship. We need to curtail information. We need to shut down the internet. We need to send people back to schools so that they can re-educate themselves, use their logical reasoning. We need to vaccinate conspiracy theorists. We need universal income. You know, there's a lot that we need to do. We, you know, so much to do. But look, don't let me take too much of your time and no, it's just been lovely mate it's been no really it's, nice. been, it's been it's been no it's been it's been fantastic and i'm sure we're going to do this again i hope i get the other person i don't even see anymore is fred forenzi oh he's still about i think he's still i think he just uses social media less i think i don't know you haven't seen him at all um no well I've, i mean i've not seen anyone at all mate i've not been out of the house but um I think a lot of people are probably locking themselves away at the moment and... But it feels like we, they shouldn't. People shouldn't lock themselves away. It's not like I've been in power and I'm imprisoning people, you know. Not yet. <laughs> they should go out because um, the, uh, the mental health is really, really important. You know, people need to get out of the house, take long walks, you know, 
fresh air, even though it's very cold out there now. I, I went out on Saturday. When I went out on Saturday for that gig, I felt, I'm sorry, I felt like Britain, because I hadn't been out for a while. It was so cold. I felt like Britain was a graveyard, you know, just very cold, frozen, mm. cold and frozen. And even the people I saw, because you may remember when I used to gig a lot, I used to write about my train journeys. Mm. Now I sit down on the train and I'm the only one. <laughs> well, there's nothing to write about. But uh, look, uh, Tom, it's been it's been a pleasure. I will let you know when I publish this. Uh, but I hope you have enjoyed it. I certainly have enjoyed talking to you and I've enjoyed seeing that you're well. Keep it that way. Uh, next time we have a podcast, make sure that my poster is out there. But well, you've done well. You plugged my DVD. Yes, that's more like it. So uh, whilst Tom is holding the DVD, I want to end the show. You have met Tom Mayu, a brilliant comic. Uh, used to be my butler. He's now my sales assistant. <laughs> Plugging my always, show. Always in your service, President. Open my show. How, let's talk about the show. How did you find the show? Oh, it was great, wasn't it? It was so lovely because, like, that was that was your. I think it was your first Edinburgh show you'd done, and um, you were the best. Even now, the best flyer I've ever seen. Yeah. Because you just be there in your suit yeah. and your yeah. hat, and you'd people couldn't not take a flyer. They couldn't not chat to you, or they yeah. wouldn't get a photo with you. It was. Amazing, because Edinburgh, there's loads of people dressed up everywhere, but you still manage to stand out. <laughs> it's incredible, really. Yeah, yeah. But what I was saying is that the the DVD, because you watched it, because a lot of people have said that the twist was so interesting because they weren't expecting it. Yeah, it's oh, it's very good. It's a very good. It's you know, even though I've I've probably seen you live like fifty odd times over the years, it still yeah. is surprising and it still is a very enjoyable watch and i think it's on next up as well we should mention that if people have yeah 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 it's on next stop and i was even thinking of do you think because you know you you you, you might you, you might be able to advise you think that dvd could be turned into a film yeah you could do what like a, a spin-off film yeah yeah like a, a spin-off film yeah yeah no definitely you definitely could do that yeah because the storyline of an African person, an African dictator meeting an English man and striking a, a, a friendship with them, and then the tragedy of it all, I think I think there's a there's a theme there. I, I wonder so. I wonder who yeah. would play me. Maybe you could play you could play Chris. Okay. <laughs> okay I'll, try and, I'll try and grow his little uh, and, and then we'll get Desmond Washington to play me. Yeah. Oh, that would be amazing, wouldn't it? That would be hilarious. <laughs> Let's do it. Look, Tom, you take care of yourself. It's been a pleasure. My great listeners, uh, this is another wonderful episode. I've spent some time with uh, Tom Mayo. Uh, it's been nice to catch up with him. I hope you have enjoyed this. And uh, until the next one, you take care of yourselves. Be good. Stay safe. Wash your hands and get vaccinated. Thank you. <laughs> See ya. <you. laughs>